Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat them up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be recommending some of our favorite streaming options. But before we get started with all that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what show do you like to binge with your family or parents? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago, and I have never binged anything with my, I've never binged shows with my parents. Really? I think we've done like movie marathons and stuff like that, but we've never like binged a TV show before. Um, but I honestly think they would love The Crown. I think yeah. The Crown would be a, a, the perfect show for my family. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no, The Crown is definitely parent approved. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was just recently home in Texas for the weekend, and my mom introduced me to a new show. Well, it's not a new show, but a show on Netflix that we binged for a little bit called Skin Wars, um, and it's a reality. I Have you seen this? saw that it was on Netflix. I haven't seen it at all, but it looked really interesting. It's fun. It's a reality competition show. Um sort of in the style of, like, Project Runway. Um, And you have all these different body artists from around the country, people who can paint onto a naked body to create a work of art, um, competing against each other. And they have different challenges where they have to represent different ideas. You know, one, you represent your hometown. One might be... uh, do a yin and a yang, two, two opposites on this one body. And, um, and you know, you'd think it would be more awkward to watch a show of people painting naked women with your parents, and it turns out it's not. It's actually just a very fun show. <laughs> There's not anything too nice. lurid about it. So um, it was really, I had a fun time watching it. Nice. There yeah. are so many random things on Netflix that you're just like, as you're scrolling past, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> So and that that was one of them that like caught in my head that I was like, oh, I might come back come back to that and see see how it is. Yeah, but. it's worth checking out. Okay, so Lucas, what are you feeling this week? Okay, so this is something that I have been feeling for many many weeks, um, and am fi- have finally am finally able to actually partake in it. But there's a song called Revelation by Troye Sivan and Jonesy. It's the song for the trailer for Boy Erased, and it's called Revelation. And it's amazing. And it hasn't come out until recently. And so I've just been watching the trailer for Boy Erased over and over again to listen to it. And so finally, I can actually listen to this song. And I love it. It's super chill. It's um, It just gets stuck in your head. And it just keeps going over and over again. So it's one of those songs for me that I've just had on repeat. And I love it. It's amazing. It's Maybe I won't go. Hey, dear, 
how big of a Troy Sivan fan I am. So I'm yeah. just going to back up everything you said. Yeah, it's it's another wonderful entry. How about you? What are you feeling this week? I am feeling a very specific episode of my favorite podcast. I don't know that I've brought up this podcast before here on our podcast. Um, I don't know if I've recommended it, but my favorite podcast right now is called Lost Culturistas. It's hosted by Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Um, they're two... Uh, comedians um, in living in New York. Bowen Yang recently just got hired as a writer on SNL. And Los Culturistas is my favorite spot for like gay culture comedy podcast. Um, the What makes this show so great, there's a lot of things. First of all, Matt and Bowen are just delightful. They're incredibly funny, incredibly smart. Um, and their chemistry with each other as best friends is just through the roof. Um, I would listen to a podcast if it was literally just the two of them. But another thing that makes it so great is that they have the best guests of any podcast I listen to. All of their, most of their guests are just their friends. They happen to just have fabulous friends. A lot of um, queer people, a lot of amazing women. Um, and it's just a hoot every episode. Um, sometimes they have famous people that like are, or at least more famous than them, I should say. Um, you know, during Janine Garofalo was recently on, um, they had Shangela who from RuPaul's Drag Race and A Star is Born was recently on, um, some, some really uh, exciting, like famous queer people come on, but for the most part, it's like their social circle of comedians and actors and singers and, um, just like everyone that you is about to become super famous. And that's really cool to listen to. Um, so Mostly I'm recommending just the podcast in general, but one of their recent episodes is one of my favorite episodes they've ever done. Um, it's called, the episode is called, Why Did You Do That To Me? with Joel Kim Booster. Um, Joel Kim Booster is a comedian that is a close friend of theirs that has been on the podcast three times. This is his third time. And this episode is one of their longer episodes and part of it is a breakdown of A Star is Born. They were all very hyped for A Star is Born, and they really get into what they love and hate about it. Um, as a review of A Star is Born, I was so delighted because I don't want to hear critique of A Star is Born from, like, annoying straight guys. You know, I, if, if I'm going to hear critique of this, like, movie that I'm so excited about and like, is beloved, I want to hear it from people that also wanted to love it. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and so their review of it is really funny and smart. Um, of course, there's parts that they love, but they really do critique a lot of, like, they do a very good job of critiquing it, I should say. They're, they're, they don't hold back, and I appreciate that, and it's very funny. In addition to the review of A Star is Born, um, their episode, that episode is just incredibly funny and personal. Um, Joel Booster is a comedian that I really adore, and they get into some really interesting conversations about body image and the queer community and the Asian queer community and um, as well as just a bunch of other fun personal topics that I just relish hearing them talk about. So this was a particularly great episode. Um, I would especially recommend listening to it if you've seen A Star is Born, um, or if you don't mind being spoiled for A Star is Born. Um, 
but otherwise listen to the rest of their podcast because I have a ton of fun with it. It's called Los Culturistas. Yeah. Oh, I should also say that if you are the kind of person that's like, I don't know about like committing to a new podcast, I just want like a sample. I'm going to give you a great Saying sample. Someone who's like, this is all the podcasts I need. I don't know if I can branch out from here. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. We're, we're your one and only. Um, here's, here's a good way to like sample their sense of humor, like a favorite clip of mine. Um, if in this recent episode of that I just recommended, the Joel Kim Booster episode, if you will go to the one hour and nine minute mark, um, there's a great bit that I have replayed over and over and over again because it's so incredibly funny. And so that can give you a taste for whether this kind of show is up your alley. streaming. Lucas, there are a couple of things I want to know if you're in or out on. This is a really quick segment when we do where we just go through trailers, new shows, and we decide are we in, are we out, or are we in between? Lucas, have you seen the trailer for Isn't It Romantic? This Rebel Wilson romantic comedy that's coming I, out. I have. Rebel, Rebel Wilson, Liam Hemsworth co- romantic comedy. You gotta put them both in there. <laughs> uh, do I? I don't I don't agree. <laughs> Probably not with this one, but <laughs> no, because I don't even think Liam Hemsworth is the second lead. I guess that's true. It's mostly just yeah. her. Because I think that other guy, um, that workaholics guy, what's his name? Oh, is he the second lead? Well, oh, I don't know. He, it's gonna I be think, one of those. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I love that we're already dissecting the plot of this movie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, are you in or out on Isn't It Romantic? I feel like I'm out. I am not a huge fan of Rebel Wilson. Um, I think she's fun when she's like the sidelined, you know, funny friend or something like that, where she doesn't actually have um, a lot to do except be funny. But I don't think she's a good actress, and I feel I feel like it's going to be hard for me to I don't know engage with her on that level. But the premise seems funny, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? Are you in or out? I'm I'm pretty I'm very much in on this movie. I liked the trailer a lot. Um, of course, as a big fan of romantic comedies, I'm really interested in something that's, like, satirizing them. Um, I'm also very in on this movie because, as I mentioned before, Bowen Yang is the host of Lost Culturistas, one of my favorite podcasts. And I believe Bowen Yang has a small part in this movie. So I'm excited to see him do movies. Uh, I think there's also, like, some other really cool young comedians in this film that I've, I'm aware of. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but mostly I think it's a fun concept. I like Rebel Wilson. I don't think she's ever had a chance to lead a film before. Um, and so I'm excited to see what she does with that opportunity. Um, I'm going to disagree with you there, Lucas. I think she is a better actress than we realize. Um, I don't think she's given an opportunity to do good acting. Um, and I'm hoping that this movie maybe provides her with that opportunity. Um, so yeah, I'm in on this. Um, I, I'm not. It's not one of my most highly expected movies of the year, but I'm definitely gonna go see it at the end. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I would love to be proven okay. wrong. Oh, yeah, great. I would too. Um, another incredibly excited trailer that dropped this week is the animated film Spies in Disguise, starring the voice acting of Tom Holland and Will Smith. Did you get a chance to see Spies in Disguise trailer, Lucas? Yeah, I would definitely encourage everybody to see this trailer. I think it's interesting. I, yeah, 
I won't spoil what the conceit of the movie is, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I love Tom Holland and I love Will Smith and I'm very interested to, interested to see those two interact together. Um, but again, it's just a teaser trailer, so we'll see. But I am in as of now. Yeah. When I saw this trailer on Twitter, um, it was hyped up as like, I can't, what? That's the plot, you know? And so I think it's really <laughs> worth people checking it out and viewing because it, it, there is quite a surprise in there that I that put a big smile on my face. Um, and it just seems perfect for an animated film. I really like the idea of Will Smith. He, it's not a superhero film. It's a secret agent film. But I really like the idea of Will Smith like venturing back into this genre. Um, and, yeah, and Tom Holland is lovely. So having them being uh, voice acting in a film together, um, I'm super on board probably no matter what the film is. So um, I'm very much in. And I feel like Will Smith hasn't done a comedy in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like agree. he's been doing a lot no. of dramas and stuff. Or yeah. like action, you know, Suicide Squad kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our main topic. Now the finale's done and I'm alone I'm on a Netflix trip here on my phone but who I am is in these episodes. So don't you tell me that it's just a show. We realize that winter is coming, and this is the time of year where you don't want to go out to the movies. You don't want to go out to a concert. You just want to stay home and cuddle and snuggle in some blankets and stream a bunch of shows and movies. And so we wanted to give you plenty of options to choose from. Um, some things that we think are especially good options on Netflix and Amazon. Lucas, what is your first streaming recommendation? Um, so my first streaming recommendation is from Netflix. And I feel like Netflix is the powerhouse in the streaming world where it has all of the original stuff. Um, I feel like Amazon's thing is they start making original things and then put them out there other places in the world. And finally, it comes back around to Amazon Prime where you can stream it. Um, and Hulu is more about like acquiring you know, stuff from other places that have already made stuff. Um, so I feel like when people talk about like streaming original stuff, people kind of tend toward thinking about Netflix. So, totally. and it's the thing that most people have. So, um, so let's talk about Netflix first off. My first recommendation is James A. Kester is a British comedian um, and he has a special called Repertoire, um, which is really four one hour specials all kind of in one um, chunk at, on Amazon, not on Amazon. On Netflix as a special. Um, it's split up into four episodes, but um, it's basically just four things about his life, um, and they all kind of go together. So it's four one-hour specials filmed at different times, um, but they all kind of flow as one story, um, which is really interesting. Um, and he's very funny. He's very, very dry um, and very, very British. So <laughs> if that's something you're inter interested in, he's got a lot of a lot of content on there. I really am interested in this um, new concept of comedians releasing specials broken up into four, like many pieces um, instead yeah. of just one coherent special. Um, Daniel, is it Daniel Sloss, I think is his name, um, I think recently did this, did like a two-part comedy special on Netflix. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool thing that I'm on board with. Yeah, I like it a lot. It, it, it It's less intimidating to, like, get into. Um, and let, and yet if it's something that you love, you're like, oh, I still have more of this person. <laughs> so Exactly. Yes, yes. Well, my first recommendation is also a Netflix original. Um, mine is a sitcom. It's called Shit's Creek, and that's spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S. Um, and this is a show that has, like, three or four seasons on Netflix. I have always seen it on Twitter. I've always seen people recommending it or tweeting about how much they love it, and it never really seemed up my alley or something that I really wanted to dive into, um, and I never could get a grasp on, like, what the actual plot was from just people talking about it on Twitter, um, but after a while, so many people talked about how funny it was online that I felt like I really had to give it a shot, and Schitt's Creek is about a incredibly wealthy family, um, that lose their entire fortune and have to move to a tiny town called Schitt's Creek that happens to just be kind of a a really awful small town to live in. Um, They move into a motel and have to, you know, make friends with the locals and learn to live without being rich, Um, which didn't seem like a premise that was super exciting to me either. Um, I feel like I've seen enough shows that have tackled a similar um, subject matter. And I also was nervous about going into the show. Like, I didn't really want to watch a show where we just make fun of a rich family incessantly. And all the locals are like, oh, get a load of this rich family. And I didn't really want to watch a show either where this rich family comes in and all the locals are like, like, dumb losers and the rich people are just like, you know, having to deal with them. And what I love is that this show is neither of those things. When I started watching it, um, it is incredibly funny, but in addition to being funny, it has a lot of heart. Um, I think the show treats all the characters very fairly, the locals and the rich family included. Um, they, no one is too much of a caricature and there's, it's, it's just so sweet and friendly. And um, this show has, like, a lot more romance than I would imagine, um, which is also a really uh, something that really draws me into it. Um, I especially want to call out, though, what makes the show is so addictive is how good the actors are that are playing the rich, the, the Rose family is the name of the family. Eugene Levy plays the father, Catherine O'Hara plays the mother, Dan Levy plays the son, and Annie Murphy plays the daughter. And my favorite of those, they're all incredible, I should say, but my favorite of those is Dan Levy, who is one of the co-creators of this show, who's playing the son, David Rose. This character is so wonderful. He is the incredibly rich 30-something son of this family, and he has a lot of that extravagant, like, dramatic nature to him that is lovely to be around. But he also seems to be kind of, like, the sensible one in the family. He's sort of the lead, not, you know, there's not a true lead, but if I had to pick one, it would be him. And he forms a close friendship with someone in the town, and I just can't, I I love every minute that he's on screen. Um, So if you're looking for a sitcom, you know, every single episode is 21 minutes. They really adhere to that, like, sitcom format. 
um, that's easy to binge. You can watch the entire season in one sitting, or you can watch, you know, two or three episodes once a week. Uh, Schitt's Creek is a really great option for that. And there's, you know, like I said, three or four seasons, so you have plenty to, to work with. That is a lot. I did not know that it had that many seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd heard that it was good as well, but I kind of had that, those same reservations as you of like, oh, these are not things that I want to see. But um, I think recently a lot more people have been talking about it, so it might end up being something that I actually check out finally. Yeah, I mean, in, in addition to Dan Levy being fantastic in the show, Catherine O'Hara, the way... Her the voice she affects for this character <laughs> never fails to make me laugh. Like she truly anything she says, whether it's a joke or not, I think is hysterical because her voice is so specific for this rich wife who <laughs> used to be a soap opera star. It's so fantastic, and I can't describe it. You just have to see it for yourself. That's awesome. Shit's Creek on Netflix. I'll probably check it out. <laughs> Good. I can't wait till you do. Um, what's your next pick, Lucas? My next pick is also on Netflix. It is BoJack Horseman. I know I've talked about this show before, um, but I truly think this is one of the best shows on Netflix right now. Um, from a thousand-foot glance, it seems like a crazy show. Um, it is a world where um, anthropomorphic animals and humans are just kind of hanging out in the same world and stuff. Um, uh, and it centers around BoJack Horseman, who was a 90s TV star um, and is just trying to deal with... Um, life in Hollywood and it's about depression and it's about addiction and it's about um, just dealing with life. And they've got a lot of like really, really, really great deep characters on this show um, and a lot of excellent voice talent. You've got, I, I do not like, uh, what's his name? Will Arnett. Will Arnett. I do not like Will Arnett in most things. Like Arrested Development, I think is the only thing that I enjoy him in. Um, and he's great in BoJack Horseman. I think he's perfect for this role. Um, you also have Allison Brie do, and Aaron Paul doing excellent voice work in here. Um, a lot of really, really great characters and very, very smart comedy. There's so like I think it takes multiple watches of the show to get all of the jokes. Um, there's a lot of fun visual jokes. Um, a lot of great. Um, things that you can do because it's animated. Um, it's just a beautiful show and really, really well done. So have you checked it out at all? No. Have you ever had that experience, Lucas, where you're kind of purposely being a stick in the mud where everyone talks about something and you're like, I'm not going to start that, you know? I feel that way about most things, I think. <laughs> yeah. Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman are both Oh, yeah. I have not gotten on the Rick and Morty train Where I'm just kind of like... I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to be one of you. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> But I know that one day I will start it and I'll be exactly like one of you. And so yeah, I'm just I think you'll love it. resisting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I get it. Resist as long as possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it does sound fantastic. And I really do tr he truly hear only the most like glowing things about it. So um, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that it continues to be as good as people say it is. Five seasons in, it is still amazing. <laughs> okay, that's that's really that's impressive and great to hear. Um, so my next pick is another Netflix pick, and it's a brand new show. There's only three episodes out, um, and that's because it's a weekly, um, relevant sort of comedic news show, and that is Patriot Act by Hassan Minhaj. Hassan Minhaj is a comedian that. I haven't seen a lot of, um, but I'm so excited to have an entire show about him. Um, 
I first heard about the show Patri Patriot Act because he and Tan from Queer Eye did a promotional video for it where they picked out, like, Tan helped him pick out clothes. And in that video, I just found both of them just so incredibly charming. Um, mm -hmm. Not to mention attractive. They're both, like, incredibly beautiful. Like, I, I can't even deal with how gorgeous they are. But mostly incredibly charming and smart and funny. And so that had me very excited for this, like, new show from him, which seems um, sort of similar to, like, Last Week Tonight, but for a little bit of a younger um, crowd. And I've watched all three episodes of Patriot Act. They've He's had... Three episodes about three different topics. One was about um, affirmative action. Another was about Saudi Arabia. And the third was about Amazon, where he basically explains, like, here's what the situation is. This is what the political implications are. Here's what the social justice implications are. Um, and here's why you should be paying attention to this topic and why it's a big, important thing for you to know about. Um, and, of course, infusing the entire thing with a great sense of humor. Um his set is, like, very exciting. It's, like, covered in, like, screens on the walls and on the floors. And um, I think it's really well designed. It's just, like, right on the edge of being, like, it's not too, it's, like, a little futuristic without being overwhelmingly so, um, which is, like, a real sweet spot for me. And mostly, though, it's a way for me to, like, get informed about topics I know I need to be informed about but that I haven't done the research myself yet um, with an incredibly funny and attractive person presenting all the information to me. Um, I, th I think the pace is also awesome on this. Like, he yeah. is speeding it along. He doesn't do a lot of, like, he's funny, but he doesn't do a lot of, like, jokes. Like, I feel like John Oliver stops the show for a while and does a bunch of jokes yeah. on um, Last Week Tonight, which is fun, but also this just moves really quickly. Yeah, one thing that I noticed when I was watching it was that it feels like an hour's worth of content kind of crammed into like a half hour show, um, mm -hmm. which I really love because it's like, I only have to commit a half hour to this, but I feel like I got like a full hour's worth of content because the pace like moves along so well. Yeah. We have started watching it in bed before we go to sleep yeah. every, I guess it's, it's it Sunday night that it comes out. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I've just kind of watched the, three episodes oh back yeah to back yeah yeah so we've watched it at just right before we go to bed we watch it, we watch it on i think it's sunday nights um but yeah it's it's really awesome because yeah it's 30 minutes it doesn't feel overwhelming um and i think linda holmes brought this up on in one of her articles or something like that but she, she was talking about how just he doesn't talk about the things that most comedians kind of talk about with politics mm -hmm. and stuff like like that right now um he's not you know um He's not making fun of Trump the whole time. Actually, he hasn't mentioned Trump at all. I think he had, like, Trump was in, like, a clip with a bunch of other people in one of the episodes. Um, but it's not about him. And he's not, um, <laughs> I don't know, harping on any of that stuff. Right. It's new It's new stuff that you haven't heard about that is interesting, done in, an, in a new way, I think. And I think we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that he is Indian and he brings, like, like, he does yes. not shy away from bringing his own cultural perspective to his commentary, which I find, like, so interesting and effective. Um, he, like, just, like, not that he says co constantly, like, I am Indian and this is why I believe this as an Indian. It's just that, like, everything he says, he peppers in things from his own cultural experience. Terms, um, 
he peppers in jokes that like a lot of like Asian people about like the Asian community. Um, if he, it's like he knows like I have a diverse audience that's watching this, and I'm going to address this to them and include them in a way that you just almost never see in these kind of shows. And I mm-hmm. think that is so refreshing and so wonderful. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorite shows right now, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, like I said, it just started. So get on this now and make it like Lucas part of your weekly routine. Cause I think you'll, you'll really appreciate having it. Like I said, that was Patriot Act on Netflix. And now talking about more Patriots, um, <laughs> there's a show called Patriot on Amazon. Um, it is a weird, weird show, but I love it so much. It's very funny. Um, it's a show. It's I, it was developed as a web series um, that got turned into a real show from Amazon. Um, but it's about a a folk singer who his father works in the government, and he ends up getting um, they end up needing his help to be kind of an undercover agent. But the the agent really his job is just to work as like a mid-level employee in Milwaukee um, and just kind of find out about a lot of like money trades and stuff like that that's happening with like Iran and um, and so he ends up as a middle, mid-level executive like flying back and forth between like Iran and Luxembourg and Milwaukee and so it's a it's a very like interesting cultural show about this guy who's just a folk singer so there's also just music in there too but he's also a spy um a kind of a reluctant spy and so it's very very drama? interesting it no it's a it's a com- well it's a comedy drama okay i'll call it a comedy drama so it's it's very funny but also has some very dram- dramatic moments in it. Got it um and it's super weird but i really really think everybody should at least watch the first episode just check it out and see if it's for you um it's not something that i've ever seen anything like before but it's 10 episodes long it's very good and is there anyone i would know that's in it um not really that's the other thing it was um the the main guy michael michael dorman is the the main dude who hasn't really been in anything before um but the uh terry o'quinn is plays his father um, who was John Locke on Lost. Um, okay. But that's really it. Like, it's a bunch of people that nobody's ever heard of before kind of doing this show on their own. Gotcha. Yeah. It's weird, but it's really great. There is something so special about watching a TV show where you don't know any of the actors um, mm-hmm. and you don't have any of that baggage going in. You can really fully commit to those characters. Yeah, you because you don't have baggage and because this is kind of a spy show, like, you come into it, Again, not knowing what he's capable of. Yeah. He's just kind of a guy. And so you're like, is this like is this something he can be in? Is this is this you don't know like the themes or anything like that. Right. So um if you've seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty oh, um yes. with Ben Stiller, that movie. Yes. Um the guy who directed that is the guy who created this show. Um Oh. So it's yeah. That has me really so, excited because I'm one well, of the few people go. that really loved The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, good. I also love The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> we are the two people. That movie got a bad rap, but I had a it really lot of did. fun with it. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, so this is kind of in that same vein. Okay, well, wonderful. Um, okay, so for our final pick of the episode, I have another Amazon pick for you. Um this is a show that I'm not hearing anyone talk about, but that is so genius. Um, this is a show that's made in Japan that is um, only streaming on Amazon in the U.S., and it's called Documental. And here's the premise, because the premise is what makes it so genius. Um, forgive me, because I don't know the names of 
anyone that's in this show. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, the show is started by this, like, from what I can tell, super rich, famous Japanese comedian. Um, he seems to be like the head honcho of like Japanese com- the co- Japanese comedy. Okay, um, very well respected, big deal. Okay, he starts this show called Documental, where he invites ten other Japanese comedians um, of varying levels of success and fame and wealth um, to compete in a competition, to to join a competition. And he doesn't give them any details about what the competition is like. He just says that you're invited. If you want to compete, you have to bring $10,000. And it's it's something around like $10,000. And so... At the very beginning of the show, you basically just get to see these, you know, different Japanese comedians all deciding like, well, I really, this seems like a cool opportunity. Some of them, it's like, okay, sure, pack, I'll put, get $10,000 easy. Some of them, they have to like go borrow money. They have to like, you know, take out mortgages. They, it's a whole thing. Um, but they all show up and when they show up, he explains to them, this is what the competition is. You're all pooling together your money. The winner gets all of the cash. Um, the competition is, we're going to lock you in this room for four hours. And the only rule is the last person standing gets all the money. And you be the last person standing by not laughing or smiling. And so the whole competition is just a room full of 10 comedians trying to make each other laugh and also trying to resist laughing in order to win a huge cash prize. That's intense. (laughs) It's really intense. And what's even better is that there's almost no rules. Like you can truly do, they can truly do whatever they want. There's no, um, they don't censor out anything. They don't censor out any nudity or violence or language. Um, so the, they kind of have free reign to do whatever they want to each other or say whatever they want to make each other laugh. Um, and, uh, they're, they're given a little bit of leeway. They're giving, they're, there's like kind of a, a red card, yellow card, you're out system, um, that the, that the judge is watching the room and gets to, you know, people get a few second chances, but the most part is you can't laugh or smile. And the entire thing is in Japanese and, um, when it first started, there's a little bit of a language barrier, even though you're reading the subtitles of like some, not all the jokes make sense to me when you're reading them through subtitles. Um, but what makes this show so amazing to watch is what's so funny is not so much the things that they're doing or the jokes that they're saying, but watching people trying not to laugh is incredibly funny. Um, Another thing that makes the show so great is that it's almost barely edited. They're locked in the room for four hours, and the season is four hour-long episodes. So there's, like, a tiny bit of editing um, at the very beginning, you know, like when they get the game started. But for the most part, you're just seeing everything that happens in that room, um, which I think is another genius aspect of the show. Um I I died laughing at this show. It's so incredibly funny. And it's a really cool thing to show a group of friends at a party because 
um, no one's heard of this show before. And so if you're wanting to like look really cool and show off something really brand new and weird and interesting, this is the thing to do it with. Um, there's two seasons on Amazon. I have just watched season one and I hadn't realized that season two had come out recently. So I'm very excited to start season two. Um, and I think it's been picked up to be developed for the U S but so I'm excited for like what that would look like. I think it's not going to be as good as the Japanese version because I'm sure the U S will add on a bunch more like limitations to it. But imagine seeing people like Will Ferrell and Ellen DeGeneres and uh, John Mulaney, like all in a room together, trying to make each other laugh and trying not to laugh. That would be so fun to watch. So this is something to watch on Amazon and also keep your eye on. This sounds super interesting. I am definitely going to check this out. I <laughs> and, and it's four hours. You know, each season is about like four or five hours. So it's not like yeah. a huge investment. Um, I watched the entire season one day when I was sick. And it's it's so incredibly funny. Um, what, it's also fascinating because you really get to see what makes people laugh like what what makes people laugh or they can't help themselves but laugh you know um and it turns out it's not so much like punchlines as it is a lot of more of like physical humor like that's actually what makes people like they laugh so hard they can't help themselves um Mm -hmm. or oftentimes just like people getting into arguments you know they they're they all get very petty because so much cash is on the line and sometimes people just like passionately arguing causes them to laugh and that's also funny as well and these are all like grown men and it's 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 really just a joy and a genius concept that's awesome yeah i will definitely definitely check that out documental on amazon documental yes on amazon prime awesome all right well those are our streaming recommendations we hope that you enjoy them um let us know if you check out any of those shows and uh, if you have any, you know, rare streaming recommendation for us, something that not a lot of people is talking about that's only on Netflix or Amazon, please let us know on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is at feelingitpod. Lucas, where can we find your social media? You can find me everywhere on the internet at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find all of my social media at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Bye-bye. Adios. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move it along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 